Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Multiverse. This is a weekly show where we share our love for everything pop culture, cover the biggest talking points in the world of entertainment, drop some hot takes while going wildly off topic. In this week's episode, Wonder Brothers shuffles their DC lineup, the Batman spin-off show, we have some updates regarding those, Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer reactions, and we'll also react to the latest Boys Season 3 trailer, which uh, dropped yet- yesterday, actually. Plus, plenty more. I'm your host, the Mad Titan, and Vengeance. I want us to say Vengeance. Yeah. I'm saying... My co-host is the Meme Lord Mio, and welcome to episode 101. Mio, welcome. Top of the morning. Top of the morning. Top, uh, daylight saving has... Yeah. Has <laughs> just fucked you over. Uh, how Last you an hour of sleep. Yeah. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Last an hour of sleep, but still doing good. Yeah, fantastic. I'm, I'm buzzing. Uh, I, I know this is off topic, but, you know, this is our show. We talk about whatever we want to talk about. I'm buzzing, man. I'm buzzing. I firstly, I, I got my second vaccine, right? And I mm-hmm. thought, man, yesterday I woke up, I was like, fuck, oh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, but I'm feeling good now. Uh, nothing would stop me from, from setting up my vinyl player yesterday. So I got my speakers. Oh my God, I'm loving it. I'm like absolutely buzzing with my turntable. Uh, I've only obviously got one vinyl. I'm going to pop to the vinyl store and pick up a few vinyls uh, sometime this week. But man, why did nobody warn me, man? This it's, is. It sounds good, right? It's like basically when you go from, you know, non HD to HD or non HD mm. to 4K, the jump yeah, yeah. is the jump is massive, man. I could like really, really tell, and I'm loving it, man. I'm absolutely loving it. Like I, I think for the vinyls I pick up, I think I'll pick up vinyls that you know. But my my friend said you'll find uh, albums that you don't really necessarily listen to before that mm. you enjoy them more on vinyl. So totally. I'll probably probably give those. Uh, I go, but I'm definitely going to be picking up vinyls that I can listen to from start to finish. So I've got Man on the Moon 3, which is obviously my first vinyl. And this is what kind of got me into it, really. I really wanted to just kind of grab his album. And uh, yeah, so I probably, uh, there's a few albums I definitely want to pick up, like some just some of my, uh, not anything amazing at the moment, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to pop to a vinyl store and see. I really want to pick up some Michael Jackson vinyls, man, but they're so hard to get. Yeah. Getting a final player will really make you appreciate like listening to albums more because like when you have like streaming, it's easy yeah. to like skip songs or like you know yes. like just pick certain songs and put them on a playlist. But vinyls, you know, you had to you really appreciate a, an album because you like listen to it all the way through. There's really no way to skip songs. Yeah, exactly, and it's kind of tedious. You don't want to just want to keep lifting it up and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the vinyl player just set right uh, beside me at the moment. I'm just doing some work and I've just got. Man on the Moon 3 just playing and I just love it and it's not that tedious when because obviously each side only holds about five tracks right mm-hmm. so when it gets to like the end you just flip it around and I just love that whole experience man it's so cool like I'm, I'm absolutely loving it but you're right it really it gets you to appreciate albums much more I really want the Weekends album though Dawn FM I think that's going to be a blast on, uh, on vinyl that drops in that would, yeah that, that, that would sound good because it's got like that 80s, 70s feel to it. Yeah, exactly. So that drops like in April, but I'm definitely after, I think, I'm definitely after some Frank Ocean albums. I'm definitely after some Michael Jackson ones. I know Jay-Z mm-hmm. ones are going to be so hard to get. I did see a classic Eminem album on just like online. So I'm, I'm not too sure how I'm going to pick that up. I might do. Okay. But I really want the Kanye West, my Twisted Dark Is it Twisted Dark Fantasy? Yeah, my tw- Wait, yeah. now my, you got me fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Because it My confuses beautiful dark twisted fantasy. fantasy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it online here. It's about 50, 50 bucks. But, it's a uh, big album. I have the vinyl. It's a it's a big vinyl. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm definitely going to, I can't wait, man. I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing. It's, it should have warned me. It should have warned me. It's just such a different uh, experience. It's another addiction. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I've already got that. I've got sneakers. I've got comics. So just, I need to just, I need to cancel one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one more thing just before we, we start, because I did say I was going to tell you what. Uh, so obviously, every podcast I try to go for a different beverage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been sticking to it a lot more recently because I have my like little podcast cup and it's um do you have a beer called heineken over there by any chance yep yeah we do. so heineken um released these um beer cups right and um with when james bond came out 007 and it's got like 007 prints on the side and stuff like that which james bond the latest one that dropped oh, okay yeah i forgot it's it's its name now no time, no to, time die. to die yeah so it's got a nice no time to die like embossing and print on one side and says Heineken on the other right but I popped into the store and when I first saw it it said you have to buy uh, a six pack to get this and I was like yeah that's not happening so I just took the cup and walked out oh shit <laughs> so that's kind of the, my my dark secret regarding this cup so this has now sat on my that's desk anymore. yeah now this has sat on my desk I don't drink in it and it was free so technically I'm not doing anything wrong because it's a free cup but I don't mm-hmm. I didn't want to buy something so yeah, now this has sat on my on my desk uh, for every single podcast that we've done. So, anyways, let's get into uh, the main stuff. Obviously, we for those of you who are new here, we talk about what we've got up to over the course of the last week. We will dive into some news and, and and we'll wrap up the show there. So, Mir, let's start with some movie club stuff. Obviously, last week was Batman. We've already talked about that. Uh, I did go and watch it again, and oh my god, it's just a different experience second time around. Did you watch uh, it in regular or IMAX? Yeah, I, I, regular. I was okay, not did you my, notice the difference? No, I did not notice a, a exactly. difference. There was no... Well, I think <laughs> we're going to have to talk about this on a separate podcast, I think next week or something, because we need to get that out. There is no difference. I understand it wasn't filmed in IMAX, but IMAX, the way I see it is, if you're watching something in IMAX, it should be better. It's like buying a a 4K monitor, but doing 1080p stuff on it. You should you will see a difference because there's more pixel density, right? Exactly. Uh, and if I'm watching this on a big screen and like with better cameras and stuff like that, there has to be a difference. There was no difference whatsoever. My brother tried to like, kind of say, oh, you know, this scene was darker and it was lighter and I went, no, it wasn't. Like, don't, don't, offer, <laughs> don't, don't offer to me. It was, there was no difference whatsoever. But the movie itself, man, I loved it the second time. There were so many things that I noticed more the second time. Like, for example, we... Uh, do we say spoilers or no spoilers? No spoilers, but you know how they could have caught X and Y like right at the start, and then when they have this, yeah, yeah. So that that was it, it was all there, and um, a nice Easter egg also I noticed too. So you remember in um, in Joker how when the Joker was sat on the on the makeup chair, and everyone mm-hmm. saying you could see the silhouette of the Batman, you know, with the lights and and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember that particular scene it was right at the start of the movie where you could just see the, the cow and you could see the eyes and, 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 and the face that scene was there and that easter egg was also there in, uh, in the Batman where he first gets in the Batmobile and he's in the dark and all you see is the two fluorescent lights above him and his car makes up the, the mask and it's it's just an easter egg that's been in pretty much every single movie since uh, after the Dark Knight. So that's a small Easter egg there. And then also, something I also noticed, what well, was pointed out to me, you know, the Riddler wears the same glasses as Jim Carrey. Did as the 1990 yeah. Batman Forever? I had yeah. to look it up. Yeah. I just saw that this morning. I was like, oh, wow. 
That's um, a nice touch, though. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I, I loved it. And then Paul Dana, just I think second time around, blew me away. And I was like, fucking hell, this movie is so good. And you know one scene that we didn't say, that we, we didn't mention on the review? Which scene? Was the, the scene when he crashes into the building right at the end? Crashes into the building. Yeah, when he comes from the, the skylight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he yeah. like blows the roof open. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he crashes yeah, into that. Sick. And then the whole s- symbolism with the whole flare is, if you see it, it's, he's now become uh, a beacon of hope, a beacon of light when he flashes yeah. the flare. And, yeah, I only noticed that the second time around uh, when people follow him and, and stuff. So there's, there's a few touches there, here and there, which really made me appreciate the movie. And I think for that reason, I was quite excited about this week's movie pick, which was Seven. Um, we've both seen it before. Uh, I watched it again. Great movie. We've, we've talked about it, and we've obviously talked about it in a separate podcast, I think, when we were ranking thriller movies or David Fincher movies or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see the resemblance, or you could see the, the influence. The influence yeah. yeah, the influence f- f- uh, from, from this movie. And I absolutely loved it. I think this, it made me appreciate Batman more, and it also made me appreciate Seven more. And uh, I definitely want to talk about, uh, sorry, watch um, uh, Zodiac Killer again. I think that that'd be quite interesting. But um, we're not going to talk too much about Seven because we've talked, we've done a lot of talking about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic movie. It's a great thriller. It really does keep you on the edge of, of your seat. And I love the whole, you know, this it's it talks about the seven deadly sins. And uh, it really makes you feel, you know, part of the uh, the movie. It makes you feel like you're going on this goose chase as well. And it's the same with with Batman. You feel like you're on this uh, adventure with uh, with Bruce or with Batman, trying to, you know, unravel the mis- mysteries or unmask the truth, essentially. And uh, yeah, two great movies, I have to say. And it's like I cannot wait to watch. You know what? I was talking to a few friends and stuff like that, and they were saying they just didn't feel that oomph with this movie. Like when they came out of the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises, they felt like there was something more to it, and they felt like they could have a, they could have had about another an hour or two hours to that to those movies. And I justified it by this is a a noir style movie where <clears throat> it's really old school, where it really focuses on telling the story and you know justifying its runtime and it's i don't think these movies are for everybody what do you think yeah it's it's definitely from a different era where most superhero movies aren't like you know i don't think there is any superhero movies that are structured like a noir where it's like a slow movie it's like a narrated movie like Mm -hmm. i'm sure if people watch Blade Runner right now, the original one, not the new one. Yep. They wouldn't, they probably wouldn't like Blade Runner because it's mm-hmm. like a slow movie. It's like also that structure where it's like him slowly uncovering some crimes and so slowly tracking leads. Like superhero movies don't have scenes where the detective is just spending like 15 minutes investigating yeah. crime scene or 15 minute chasing that goes nowhere because it's like he picked up on the wrong lead. Like that's just how they work they don't have like long scenes with inner monologues of him be tracking like the previous night like yeah. and also like it's 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 hard to compare movies to dark knight like they don't yeah. get the oomph they got yeah. with the dark knight neither has any movie ever because it was like like the dark knight was like 
the probably the best theater experience I've ever had. Yeah. So to like compare any movie to The Dark Knight, yeah. it's it's unfair, you know. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you're right. Firstly, I think The Dark Knight has set such a high precedent now that everything obviously gets compared to it. And if you look at The Dark Knight, it is it was a fantastic uh, cinema experience. I know when they did the 10th anniversary, and I went to watch that in IMAX. That I I noticed a bit of a difference actually. We sat in the perfect position. Third rows, uh, the third row from the back in the middle. That's the best position in in the IMAX here in the UK, and um, it was a great experience. And I definitely want to watch the tenth anniversary of the Dark Knight Rises, which should be out this year. But you're right, and if you compare with a Marvel movie, for example, it doesn't need that whole, you know, theme park esque. Everyone's screaming or shouting for it to be, you know. An experience. I think that's where people think, oh, I went into Spider-Man and everyone's screaming and shouting. Yeah, I don't really care about that stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, it yeah. doesn't, for me, that doesn't symbolize a an experience. It just like, everyone's just getting excited or thing for no particular reason. And um, you're right. It's just, The Dark Knight has set, it, has set the standards because it's taken two fictional characters, right? in a world that we've never perceived and they've put it in, in the real world. Like that's what Nolan did with that. And we could argue and say, you know, Reeves understood the assignment and, you know, he understood the law of, of the world of Batman more. But what you have to rate for Nolan is he grounded these characters in, in a way where I don't think we're ever going to see that. And I don't, we did, we, I don't think we even saw that in, in Batman, to be honest with you, because those characters felt like they were part of those worlds. Whereas with the Dark Knight and, uh, sorry, Batman and the Dark Knight and, and, and Joker, they were just like, they were grounded in such a way where you can believe them in, in, in that world. You know, it was just Chicago, it was New York. And when I went to visit New York, you could actually envision those characters there. And it was quite, yeah, it was quite an experience, I have to say. And, and you're right, with um, regarding its runtime, and the, the genre of movies. We don't see movies like that anymore. We see movies so inflated in terms of its runtime just for, you know, action scenes and stuff like that. But in terms of, I think, justifying a, a narrative, we it's not really there, is it? Like Blade Runner, mm-hmm. I think Blade Runner 2049, the latest one also did that really well. Uh, I think Nightcrawler did it, I have to say. I think Nightcrawler, you could... There were some aspects where you could see from Nightcrawler that was, you know, in Batman also, in, in my opinion. But I heavily thought that Batman was influenced by Blade Runner in terms of uh, the cinematography. There was a lot of single shots or single character shots, which was fantastic. And I think that was just taken straight. It was, I think it was the same uh, cinematographer, no? From what I, as, I, I, as Blade Runner, I believe. The new Batman, one? Yeah, Batman and I Blade Runner. Yeah, if you could double, double check that if you can. I think it's the same cinematographer, for, if I'm not mistaken. And um, and then obviously you've got, you know, heavy influences from uh, uh, the two movies that we, we mentioned, Zodiac Killer and uh, and Seven. But if you, and this is what's got me excited. I really want to go back and read some of the graphic novels. I know you picked up uh, The Long Halloween. Yep. Have you started that or? Yeah, I finished it. It was good. Oh. So it, can, can you, you see, see the yeah. you can see the influence there about like starting on Halloween and it's like a long um serial killer. I would say long Halloween is more it definitely influenced the Dark Knight more, but yeah, you could see like its influences. But um now there were different 
Still oh, on top is Roger, Roger Deegan's did Blade Runner 2049. Oh, okay. They go. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of our thoughts on, on Batman. Definitely go back and uh, listen to the previous episodes, actually, episode 100, where we actually broke down Batman completely and just talked about it in, in, in more depth. So those were the kind of two movie club picks for for the week. Um, let's talk about some movies. Uh, I did watch yeah. I watched two movies. I know one of them you've watched, but I'm going to start off with one, if that's okay, and then mm-hmm. I'll let you take over. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, he is very, very hit and miss, I have to say. Uh, I know he has a reputation for, you know, m- doing movies out of kind of out of the norm, but sometimes they don't really, you know, come together. Uh, so I watched uh, pretty much, I think his late, well, his last movie was dropped during the COVID pandemic and it was called Old. I don't know if you've heard of it. The one with the, where they're on the beach that yes, gets yes. too old. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, yeah. I've read the synopsis. For most movies, I don't watch it because I'm like, this is going to be a waste of my time. Yeah. I just so, read the synopsis yeah. online. But yeah, how'd you like this movie? So I have to say, I enjoyed aspects of this movie and it really did get me hooked. So obviously, I'm just on IMDb now just to double check the rating. Uh, IMDb rating is 5.8, right? And the Metacritic is like 55. The synopsis is basically a vacating family discovers that the scheduled beach where they were uh, relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. So when movies try and do something different, I respect that. You know what I mean? But the issue is with movies, they don't bring it together. They can't conclude it in a way where it leaves you satisfied. Yeah. Movies like these do so well to keep you hooked to keep you wondering, to keep you guessing. And then the ending is just like, really? It reminds me of uh, Cabin in the Woods, where it keeps you hooked. And then the ending, a lot of people hated the ending. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember other movies. I can't can't remember uh, at the moment from the top of my head. But I really liked that aspect. They're on the beach. There's a sense of mystery where they're aging. What's happening? Like the kids were growing up. Two of them... uh, slept with each other and she got pregnant and all this is happening in the span of a few minutes. She gives birth. This, this was horrific for me. She gives birth and the baby dies because the baby wasn't, you know, when, when, when the kid's born, they give it straight to the mother for love and care and, you know, that connection. Yeah. Because that day happened, even though it was a few seconds in, in our time, in their beach time, it was a few years and the baby died because it had no, and I was like, fucking hell, it was kind of horrific. And um, there was a lot of stuff. So everybody's suffering from an illness. And this kind of way it comes towards its conclusion and what it tries to sum up. Everyone's suffering from from something. Someone's a uh, schizophrenia or whatever you call it, you know, when they're quite crazy and delusional. So you see him kind of deteriorate. Someone had the tumor and that tumor grew so massive that they pulled it out. It was just like the size of a football. Um, And people just had like different, diseases and stuff and, but they were chosen intentionally by when they used to pick up their medication from their pharmacist they used to just kind of keep track of that and so on and so forth and then there was just two remaining on the beach and they found out that eventually the beach was just a place for scientific and this is what pissed me off the beach was uh, a company or a you know a medical suit yeah pharmaceutical was, yeah company um, discovered this island and discovered that you know they could treat uh, diseases and stuff like that rather than in the years which I like yeah. that aspect 
in a few days. Uh, but it was just like, yeah, it just I didn't expect that. I expect, yeah. And it really just, I enjoyed most of the movie. I have to I have to be honest with you. I know this movie's been shot on quite a bit. Um, but it was just the ending. It's just like, it, it doesn't really bring it all together. And then they have, the way they, it's just some stupid thing where, he met a kid and they had like this their own language and he deciphered the note the kid gave him and it said my uncle hates the coral and basically had there was a coral reef in the in, in the distance and they had to swim to it and underneath it that's how they got off the island mm-hmm. and it was also like uh, really that simple that basic i know obviously they aged and the knowledge came from uh deciphering the the, the note and then yeah it was just that it was just these this company chucked people on this island with different diseases so like for example one of the ladies had um epileptic fits and they okay. discovered and, and they and she was on the island for roughly i can't remember how many years uh i think 18 years or eight years or whatever and she did have a single um uh, epileptic fit and they discovered that okay we've cured that in a, in, in a day and then they pushed out the medication for her and so on and so forth so that was kind of cool but it was it just wasn't cohesive enough you know it didn't come together well it was just like it felt like the first act was and the second act were great because they you know they linked together the third act just felt rushed and just felt oh we need to conclude this movie uh and it did stay out outstay its welcome one hour a hundred one hour 48 minutes that's a long it's not bad but for a movie that mystery movies need i think in my opinion need to be obviously maximum less than two hours but in my opinion i think they should be an hour and a half. It depends on how well the movie has got you gripped. This movie towards, I would say about the one hour and 20 mark started to fade. You know, it started to be like, okay, what else now? They've given up. What else can you do with this? Everyone's pretty much died. There's only two characters left. Come on. Like, you know, the story needs to be moved along. Um, But overall, I I really enjoyed it. I I know a lot of people shout on it, but I could see why some people didn't like it. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting premise where, you know, it like goes off the rails of the third movie, but do they ever explain why the beach ages people? No. Okay. <laughs> it's just like one of those things that you just have to accept. Yeah. They, dis- they discovered this uh, this beach and that was it, really. And just, they don't explain nothing, which in some movies, you know, I think it's worth explaining. And some movies, you know, you just ignore the fact. I think because this movie did kind of keep me on the edge of my seat and keep kept me entertained for as long as it did i thought maybe they could have shown that premise maybe in the third act or something like that but yeah it, overall I, I i really i really enjoyed it it's in terms of um rating if i wanted to go back and just kind of rate rate this movie i think uh it's it's in between recommend and hard to recommend it's hard to recommend because the third act but i would definitely recommend it because uh it does it tries to do something different you know it's a new premise it's something exciting uh, and it's something different you know and a lot of movies don't take risks and i think m night does take a lot of risks but they don't really really pay off to be honest with you i don't know what other movies is from the top of my head i can't remember yeah so he's done signs lady in the water i know you've seen lady in the water is yeah. That, it? yeah it was it was kind of bad yeah signs i i really enjoyed signs i have to say signs and i love signs the sixth sense Six so, Sense is fantastic. Six, yeah. Six Sense is a classic. Yeah, I think that's his best movie. Yeah, that and Science, to be honest with you. Um, 
Yeah, and obviously he's done. Did he do Glass and Split? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did like a trilogy of um, yeah. Unbreakable, Unbreakable, Split, and yeah. Glass. I thought Split was the best out of the three. To be honest with you, Unbreakable was was. I think Unbreakable was pretty decent. To be honest with you, yeah, Unbreakable was good. I yeah. think Unbreakable and Split were really both yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and, and Glass, but, eh, not so much. Nah, not so much. So he's very he is. Well, looking at this, I'm saying he's getting missed, but a lot of these movies. Goes for it. Yeah, I appreciate that that part about him. Yeah, hundred percent. Like as I said, he takes a lot of risks, and some of them pay off, some of them don't. So, in this one, some aspects pay off, some aspects uh, just a complete miss. Um, what have you been up to? Yeah, in terms of movies. Yeah, anything. Okay. Um. Yeah, I've been going through the Oscar picks, best picture. Oh, yep. It's been a drag. <laughs> Damn. But, um, when I'll is start. the Os- Oscars? I don't know actually, but um, we need to do a podcast. See, for that. I've I've seen one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I've seen eight of the ten Oscar picks. Oh, really? I just got to them. Yep. Okay. I I'm haven't a... seen. I haven't seen Belfast or Licorice okay. Pizza, but I've seen all everything else. So I, I think you've just given me a podcast idea. I think we should rank those podcast uh, Oscar picks. Are you sure you want to do that? Because most of these aren't good. Really? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go through the list as well. If you you did it, I'll do it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, I'll save this. I'll save that for another time. But um, yeah, mostly other than Turning Red, which we've both seen, I've been playing a lot of um, Elden Ring. The game, it might be the biggest game ever. Like, you can't can't do the main quest because it's like everywhere you go, there's like a, a whole quest line or there's like a whole area to explore yeah. and there's like some bosses to fight like i've only i've still only beat like because you know how like dark souls games work there's like yep. four big bosses and like you have to defeat them all and get mm-hmm. their souls and fight like the final boss i've only been like the first one because like every time i go somewhere i get sidetracked by like just like exploring an area and like like you have like you kind of there's like no compass to tell you where it goes but like you kind of have like bonfires telling you which next bonfire to go to yep. but like every time i'm like on my way to the next bonfire or whatever they're called in this game i don't know i call them bonfires yeah um you just get so distracted the game is so big and i'm like okay like the map is the map is pretty big but like i found an elevator and i'm like where does this elevator go and I'm like riding the elevator and it's like huge. I'm like, I'm on the elevator for like two minutes and there's like a whole underground area. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding yeah, me. Yeah, apparently there's a whole, like my brother was showing me the map and he was like, this is the map. And I was like, that's massive. Was like, because, and there's yeah, an underground level. You have to be fucking kidding me, fam. There's another, un- oh my God. I'm like, this game is too big for me. I can't. It's, it's overwhelming, but at the same time, it's like, how fucking big can this game be? Yeah. It's like a sense of wonderment because like, and I, I like going through the game real time as everyone because like mm-hmm. everyone's finding out how big and how you know how like the mysteries of the game yeah. like it's like it's like Columbus with like discovering the new world it's like no one knows what it's like but I don't know it's 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 a fantastic game Listen, I've I never played anything like okay, it yeah, I'm, I am on just on the gaming website just to see how much it is if I download a CD key right rather than Steam, you know one of those sites. It's forty bucks I can get. Right, it's not bad, but 
knowing my situation, I've got like nearly nine weeks left on the final, my final most important year, right? Mm-hmm. Is this a game I could play for like half an hour, an hour? Probably not. Okay. I was hoping <laughs> you'd say yes. Fuck. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough then. I'll just bet. Then you're saying to leave it, right? Until I, I finish. It's probably the best yep. option. I'm so, like, literally, I've seen clips. I've seen my brother play. I know you've talked about it. Oh, it's just so, like, I want to play it so badly. I really do. You're playing on PC with uh, keyboard and mouse or just con- controller? Controller. Okay. You can't play Dark Souls keyboard and mouse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. How, how are you finding it, though? I love it. Yeah. Um, I would say it's kind of easy. I don't know. I don't know if this is like me being like a pretentious Souls player, but yeah, but you've played every single one. Yeah, but like unlike other Souls, like it's easy to not. It's easy to be over level for bosses because there's so much to do. Yeah, like anytime you face a boss, you have like enough health, enough health flats, enough stamina, enough strength. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I I find the game kind of easy. Plus, there's like some cool summons where you can like summon. Yeah. Not like players, but like summon like monsters to help you. So like you can like manage the aggro and you can like double team a boss. But it's kind of easy. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna regret this instantly when I face <laughs> other bosses. But so far it's pretty easy. For have, me. have you seen that stat that I think I I don't know if I shared it to you or somebody shared it uh, in the group chat where X amount of PC players in terms of percentage haven't beaten the first boss. Yeah, that's something? crazy. That's fucking insane, man. That's fucking is it? Like, you know what? I'm telling you now. 19th of May, that's my final kind of, I have to present to the examination board, the RIBA Institute of Architects. Mm-hmm. As soon as I'm done, the 20th of May, you know, what's, you know what's going down. I'm downloading Elden Ring. I might even just buy a PlayStation. I don't give a fucking shit. <laughs> On the big TV. And just, oh, no, you know what? I love PC gaming. I'd, I actually miss like you know sitting in front of the TV to play like you know a racing game or something like that. But my PC self, I'm loving myself at the moment. I've changed it up to make it look much more cleaner. I like sitting here and uh, 24th of May, it's Elden Ring month. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. I like I can't wait. Like literally, you guys have hyped me up so much for this game. You and my brother. Like I popped in yesterday just to pick up my speakers because they were delivered over there, and. I just see him playing this game. And I'm just like fucking blown away. I see the clips that he posts on or shares on Twitter. Shit, it's mental, man. Like, honestly. And you know what? You know this game is good when it has the whole gaming com- community in the mud. Like, it has rattled. It's rattled Ubisoft. It's rattled mm-hmm. the Battlefield devs. I mean, you've, you've seen it. I've shared it with you. Yeah. It's just so funny. It's like, it's it's a beautiful game. It's It's a game... It doesn't hold your hand, does it? It's nope. like, here's the world, go and do it. And it's like, fuck. And it's just, it's, we've been there and done that. We've played Dark Souls games and and, and um, Demon Souls and uh, Sekiro, which I need to finish, actually. I think I might have to play that before Elden Ring. And, That's uh, the hardest one, for sure. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, it was the most accessible, though, I had to say. It's the hardest I don't one. Know about you that. don't think so? Blood well, Ball, it's, it's the most, yeah. It's the most successful in that it's like an action game, like straight up, yeah. it's like a full-on action game. Yeah. But like, as far as like the bosses and like, you have to get good at the game to beat the game. There's no other way. That's true. Like Elder Ring, you can just overlevel your character and just like, yeah. Because I've seen some magic builds where everyone just like one shots bosses, and it's like, okay, bro, just play the game how it's meant to be played. 
let me double check something because I know Sony are doing a uh, one of their play events again, you know, mm-hmm. state of play or whatever they call it. And there was rumors that Bloodborne is going to get a remaster and it's going to be on PC. That's a game, yeah, I've been dying for you to play because I have it on PS4. Oh, fuck the PS4. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I might play it after yeah, it's it's so good like my brother rates this as his top two bloodborne was his favorite until elder ring dropped can you mm. believe it or not yeah so and i, I know you're gonna take my brother's word over my word because he's more he's like you a bit me- mellow when it comes to like ranking games and stuff like that but this game he said it's just like he loves it more than uh the witcher it just and witcher was one of his favorite games so i was like i'll say it's it has two different things because like if you want like story yeah definitely witcher but if you want like i don't know if you want like gameplay and like challenge then yeah. it's definitely elder ring because it's like you're just like you're just riding on your horse and like oh i wonder where this cable leads to yeah and it's like a boss fight it's like oh shit here we go again it's, it's just a great world of uh exploration isn't it like damn i was hoping you'd say yeah you could play it for half an hour an hour here during a break but damn it fuck um yeah, both, I'm yeah, 27 sorry. hours into the game and yeah. I haven't scratched the surface of this game. It's huge. It's massive. Damn. It might be the biggest game ever. Damn. Like, I'm, I'm so... Honestly, I'm like... When it comes to gaming, there's a few games that I know I've missed out on that I'm not too disheartened. This is one where... The thing is, I'm not too disheartened about it because I know I'll play it, but it's nice to play it when, you know, when the vibes are out, you know? I don't want to play it later on when... I'm still, I'm still sure May, come May, people are still going to be playing it. Yeah, but it's so nice sure. to be. Yeah, it's so nice to be playing it when like you're playing it and we have that. Uh, and my brother's playing it. I, I miss that sort of stuff with uh, with gaming at the moment. Um, I did play a bit of Halo. That's all I've been. Uh, I jumped on because I was at an event. But Halo is Halo started off really well, but Halo's not in the greatest state at the moment. There's a lot of issues, uh, as I mentioned, and there's a lack of content which people are really really pissed about. You know, there's no roadmap. There's not. Season two is going to be dropping soon, but nobody knows what's going to be happening with that. So the game has become a bit stale. I did jump on the other day just to play the Tactical Slayer event. I enjoyed it. Uh, I would say I got bored, but my mindset at the moment is not really into games. It's just I've got a lot of work to do, so I'm really focusing on that. Yeah. And uh, just in terms of, uh, I did watch a few TV shows, and there was one movie I know we both watched, so let's talk about that. Turning Red. Yeah. How did you like abs- it? That was an absolute blast. It's just it's players, right? Yeah, it felt like it was a much-needed movie for some reason. I'm not, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not too sure why. Uh, it just felt like it just... It was a nice, upbeat movie. And Disney just know how to make fucking movies that are so accessible for kids mm-hmm. and adults, you know? Uh, because the whole idea of this movie, and it just, correct me if I'm mistaken, it's about the for you know the the teenage girl with the onset of puberty and her, how her body changes and stuff like that but to a kid they would never understand that so that's kind of more towards you know the people who adults or the the mom and dad that are watching it with their their kid and the kids just seen this like fluffy panda it's like, a cute panda bro no wonder everybody was like throwing money if i was there i would i would, I would want a photo with the panda it's adorable <laughs> it like, the so movie cute. was yeah the movie was so cute and as I said, Disney do really well to make movies so accessible for you know kids and adults, and I, I love them. I love that about them. Um, but it's it's good. It's got a, a lot of nice you know story here and there. 
like you know how the parents moved from their country and they don't want their parents to uh, the kids uh, to go astray in this kind of western society you know sort of thing yeah uh, and it's i love that definitely yeah. Some, yeah it's definitely yeah. something we can relate with yeah exactly and, and, and i love that because there was so much uh you know stuff that really could influence how a, a kid turns out and, and stuff but what i loved about the story also was maybe sometimes the parents just need to have a bit of faith let them explore certain things you know yeah keep, exactly keep, uh, keep an eye on them but there's some stuff that you know that can be harmless like a music concert you know like kids look when we were all 13 14 15 we all had idols you know we all looked up to musicians and and stuff like that so maybe that's kind of harmless you know and and you saw it when the dad picked up the videotape and saw that it is harmless because she's just hanging Mm -hmm. around with her friends and they're all like having a laugh so sometimes that friendship and having a laugh outweighs you know being so strict and keeping your kids so confined and because yeah. even the kid broke, broke down and said i've i've done this for you i've, I've got the best grades for you i always go to different uh, extracurricular activities for you maybe sometimes i just want something for myself and that kind of really hits especially hits home with me where as a kid my dad really uh, pushed us to focus on studying and stuff like that so there wasn't really he hated us doing any you know after school football club or sports club it was just like Okay, do stuff. Do stuff with that's something meaningful. And when we're when we're kids, we never really understand that. It's until we grow up a bit and we go, you know, they've taken the risk to move from a different country, and we've talked about that on your podcast actually, um, and the sacrifices they made. So it's about you know, just being aware of that. And and I love this movie for that kind of story and that kind of yeah, it, it hits home. I think it hits home for both of us and. A beautiful movie and it's it's so fun like when she first turns in the panda she's running across the skylight yeah that seems great that's fucking hilarious what do you what do you when he's, yeah yeah i, I love i love the movie because like you can see everyone's perspectives too like yeah her, her perspective is right where like she wants to enjoy school with her friends she wants to go to concerts but you know her mom's perspective is right too that like she worked really hard to get yes. her in a position where she was and like she needs to like use that opportunity to for like her for her full advantage. Yeah, but it also examines like why her mom is the way she is because like you know it brings in like the grandmother and like how yeah. she treated her strictly. So like that like that that like trauma of like having a strict mother made her a strict mother too. Like she was trying to avoid it. Yeah, but in the end, in the end, it like made her the made her the same as a grandma like yeah she didn't want to lose her daughter but her being overprotective mm-hmm. almost made her lose her daughter too so it was like it was like a vicious cycle where like yeah. in the end they, they you know well i don't want to spoil the movie but yeah. obviously they stop it because it's a yeah. kid's movie but yeah the animation in this is crazy though. it's like, so good i'm like how can pixar get better like yeah like those there was these scenes where she's running in the corridor like and it, the camera is like following her it's like a 3d mm-hmm. kind of sort of thing when yeah. the camera shifts, man, I was blown away. I have to be honest. The camera's crazy. The animation's crazy. Like comparing this to what we thought was groundbreaking back in like 2002 with Toy Story, Toy Story 2, it blows those out the water. Like it's not even close. Mm. But this this movie was great. It was really funny too. There's a couple scenes that just made me laugh out loud. 
like you mentioned the scene with the cats yeah when she, opened, <laughs> when she opens the box and there's loads of cats because my 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 first reaction was oh uh, that's so cute and then i just started laughing and there was, a, <laughs> there was that scene there was the scene with um when they're in the classroom changing no no, no the toilet scene first of all when she changes into the panda yeah and then the friends come in like uh oh so that was you who finger I, I didn't imagine no it was you that changed into a bear i know i knew i didn't imagine that she pops up was like it's a panda and i was like yeah <laughs> i found that scene hilarious now that that movie was absolutely funny it was quite heartwarming to be honest with you and it's nice you know it's nice to have movies like that. It just I don't know what it is about these movies. They're just so upbeat and so they really rub off on you, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like I haven't had a bad week or anything, but it's just like I've seen Batman, I've seen Seven, and it's just like a massive change of yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice like, change of pace to those yeah, movies because those yeah. movies are murder and like dark yeah, and rainy yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and it was just a, a beautiful movie, and uh, I would highly recommend this actually. I was highly recommend this. Yeah, it's. I didn't know about it until you mentioned it, and I checked it out, and it was like it. It didn't drop in theaters, just straight to Disney Plus. Which yeah, I don't quite... know why they should have dropped it in theaters. Yeah, which was quite. Maybe weird. they didn't want it. They didn't want to compete with the Batman, probably. Probably, yeah, which uh, makes sense. Um, just to wrap up, I did watch a few TV shows. Uh-huh. I actually finished one, and I'm fucking hyped. Ted Lasso, I finished it. What a great show. What a fucking incredible show, man! I have to say, I I absolutely loved every moment. Me too. Of that, of that show, and I'm gonna go as far as say as that I would strongly recommend this TV show to anybody. Easily, it's, easily. It's so upbeat. It's so you just you can't hate this guy, man. I tried to. I tried, I tried to, <laughs> but you cannot. And there's so many different. And this is what I love. Each episode had kind of. You had obviously the main narrative that runs throughout the whole, you know, TV show. But then each each episode brings you something uh, different, and you'd think that that narrative or that approach kind of gets boring because how many different storylines can you do, or how many, you know, different things uh, can you show somebody? But it never gets boring. Nope. Like, and the, it's so good. It's so fucking good. I can't wait for season three. Like, have I read? Uh, I realized them. Um, until after there was no season three, because I know you mentioned that season three was on your highly rated uh, TV shows, highly anticipated. Yep. It's definitely on my most anticipated TV shows now. It's like really up there. Uh, I think top top three, top five, definitely easy. Uh, and Mikey might be dropping uh, the the jersey. I'm copying that. I'm, I'm, co- I'm copying one. That's gonna be my my podcast jersey and it's also gonna be my watch pass watch party jersey man i'm fucking copying that like i cannot wait i hope they drop it though um but it's so good man it's so fucking good like the different storylines the one with sam and the chairman that was such a red herring because i thought it was him at first and yeah. i knew it i was like it's definitely a red he was herring. On, yeah because he was on his phone the same time she was yeah it was so good oh, man and i loved you know what even though the show is very comedic in a sense, it does give you some storylines that are very, you know, heavy on social commentary. Like they talk about mental health a lot, you know. Um, yeah, people have like uh, multiple panic attacks and stuff. Yeah, and, and anxieties and stuff like that, which for a TV show of that kind of nature to do it, it's quite because the issue is when a TV show such with such a comedic kind of influence. When they do something like that, it's sometimes, you know, you don't really take it seriously. It's just like, oh, 
But with this, you you actually do, you know, you pay attention to it a lot more. And they do it in such a manner that it's quite respectful, you know. There's no kind of jokes when those kind of scenes are happening. Um, so I love that aspect. But fuck Nate. Fuck, fuck Nate, Nate. I hate uh, that guy so much. I hate him. Like, when you guys are like, thinking, I was like, no, he's cool. And then as, as the season went on, I was like, fuck Nate. Like, what a snake. I knew I knew he'd leak it. Yeah. At, at first, the, the change is kind of sudden. But, like, when you... We when you go through the season again and you see yeah. the signs, you're like, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. You can yeah. see why. Like he can't, he can't handle success very well, and yeah. he get he lets he lets a little bit of success get to his head. Yeah. When he keeps watching the clips over again, he scrolls Twitter to yeah. see what people are saying. Yes, about yes, him. Yeah. For me, but at the end, yeah. it was just Sorry. like it's. Just, I'm like he leaked the news. Yeah. Like he like tried to gaslight Ted when he was like talking to him. I, I'm excited to see what they yeah. do. I hope they I hope they don't give him a redemption arc because I just want to hate him. But we'll see. <laughs> don't get don't give him a redemption arc. Yeah, they're going don't. to. They're going to. I hope I hope not. I don't know. They're going to. Because like, you know, I hated Jamie Tart at first. I was like, I can't take Oh yeah, I couldn't stand this guy. But I, I love, I love him. Tardif. I love him. I love him. I love him. Oh, I love him. What's his name? Oh, What's that other guy's name? Jesus, fuck, I forgot. Which one? Uh, the guy who's just so fucking serious. He's he's people. Wait, Kent. Oh my god, I love him. He's just <laughs> so direct. Oh, I love him. But you know what? For me, he comes inside. He has this fuzzy feeling. You know, he's yeah. He has this nice side to him. Like you see him with the late ladies doing the yoga club, and you know, with his uh, nephew or niece or whatever. Uh, but Nate, man, for me. The first time I knew he was kind of going off was uh, at the restaurant. I, don't, I can't remember if that was just before or after the, the tactical switch he made. Uh, but it was the restaurant scene where, yeah, I think, was that? Which one where he's trying to get the table? Yeah, where he's trying to get the, the seats yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, it was that. Yeah. And then he got a bit confident and he tried to go uh, kiss uh, Roy, Kent, uh, Roy Kent's. Yeah, that was, that was, that was out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know what's the funniest? The funniest thing he does is when he see, looks at himself in the mirror, he spits. I was like, <laughs> "I'm fucking what crazy!" A sicko. What I'm a fucking, sicko. Yeah, but I knew it's so good. It's so good. No one man should have all that power, as they say. But uh, yeah, Ted Lasso, love, love it. Highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend. Highly, yeah, man. Just you know, like how people watch The Office over and over again. Yes, this no is something what, I hate those, yeah. but this show. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could see me just having this on in the background twenty four seven. So good, so fucking good. Uh, and then finally, just to wrap up, kind of what I've done. Uh, season four of Drive to Survive dropped, and I've just been watching that. So I'm on episode eight out of ten. Uh, it's nice. It's as a person, as an individual who's you know been watching the Formula One season or last year's Formula One season religiously, and know the ins and outs of what happened. This hasn't really been set me alight. It's kind of just nice to see the behind the scenes of certain drivers. Um, but it is shows like this are manipulated in a way to make it really, really over exaggerated. Because some scenes are really over exaggerated, you know, some scenes are like over the top. But like when you watch when you watch them live and then you watch a TV show like this, you know that they've just been edited in a way where it makes it look so so much more dramatic than what it actually is. Because I think these are supposed to cater for people who, you know, are not into, let's say, Formula One. And this it's is working of, though. Like it is Formula working, One's yeah. getting Formula One's getting huge here. 
Yeah, especially with all that's also because I think you guys are having two more two racetracks. I know the Circus of Americas and I think you guys are getting a Miami racetrack soon. I think this year oh, or next nice. year. Yeah. So there's a lot uh, of uh, hype now of surrounding Formula One compared to before when it just used to be at Indianapolis uh, Motor, Motor Speedway, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now there's a lot more hype for it. But yeah, it is working. Netflix Drive to Survive is like a. It's a, I would say not, I wouldn't say a propaganda machine, but it's a hype, it's a hype machine, you know. Um, yeah. My favorite aspects of the show is when they show you the behind the scenes of drivers and what they actually, what they actually think uh, and stuff that you don't necessarily see in, in, in the, in the uh, races, you know, just their daily life. Like, for example, there was this driver, a Japanese driver, and he was struggling because he was just living in this place in the UK. And this is where most of the, the young drivers stay for this particular t- team. And it's a shithole. Even the commentator goes, no one even in the UK wants to live here. So, you know, him coming from Japan, him being, you know what Japanese people are like. Um, there's a structure, there's an order to his life. And he's kind of, I wouldn't say like a rebel, but he swears a lot. And he's like this young kid and he just says what he's, the first thing that comes to his mind. And he's just struggling with this whole life here. And then to kind of ground him, they they moved him to where the factory is based in uh, Italy. And you just see kind of his evolution in terms of as a driver, you know, the confidence starts coming back. And, he's, and that you don't really see when, in any sports, actually, not just uh, not just um, drive to survive. But, you know, the Amazon TV shows, you know, um, uh, for example, the, the basketball ones, you don't really see the behind the scenes of what really influences certain athletes and how certain things impact them yeah so this is kind of the most interesting aspect for me now regarding regarding the show so that's what i've been up to this week um it's been a busy week elsewhere but in terms of movies and stuff like that this is all i've been doing cool you want to cover the news let's do the news i was i I thought you were going to talk about any tv shows that you've been watching but i guess you haven't okay no i don't think so Okay, let's dive in straight into the news then and then wrap up the show. Uh, first of all, this is the first one up on the list just because I feel like this has now been based and heavily kind of influenced by the success of the Batman and Warner Brothers has delayed a lot of their movies now. So The Flash, which was supposed to drop uh, November 4th this year, has been pushed back to June uh, 23rd next year. Aquaman, which was supposed to release December 16th this year, now has been pushed back to March the 17th next year. Uh, Black Adam, October 21st, 2022, is now being pushed back to July 29th next year. The only thing that's been moved up is actually Shazam. I think because that's been finished and they don't want to have a year with no DC movies, whereas Marvel have released, I think, a few movies this year. Um, yeah, they've moved Shazam up six months. Not that I care. They've moved it from this, uh, from 2023 to December 20, end of the year, basically. And that's going to go up with... Uh, I believe Avatar drops around the same uh, same time. So we have a few theories, uh, I think, regarding this meal. Um, my thought process is I think they've seen the success of the Batman. And I think they just want to make sure that, you know, these movies are up to standard. I don't think yeah. they, they are where they want them to be. And I think um, they, yeah. Yeah, it could be that. I'm hearing a lot of, has, you know, a lot of VX. VFX issues too, yeah. but I think that's mostly part of it. I think you're right about the quality of it. Yeah, and I think that on part of that man. Yeah, and I think they want to give a bit more control to the director because I did see a post by 
who's the director of James uh, of Aquaman, James Wan. Yep. Yeah. So he posted up a picture actually on Instagram. He said, "Let me see if I can find it for you actually, because it was quite it's quite remarkable that he mentioned this along the way he did." Let me see if I can just find it for you. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to find him now on Twitter. I don't know if how he is. Oh, there you go. So I found the picture. Uh, he posted just his workstation and he said, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom will be released March the 17th. Working non-stop day and night, at least 15 hours a day on my direct on my director's cut from my home setup. So from the way I read that is he's now has a lot more control over the movie mm-hmm. compared to before. Uh, hence the emphasis on my director's cut. So I, f- I feel like that's what one of us maybe doing where they've seen that okay you know what if we give the movie complete control to the director maybe you know we just roll with that and trust their process because obviously Batman was a, a very heavy on them um, you know their vision of Matt Reeves and stuff like that so I think it's that I think the, at the moment uh, external studios kind of getting involved and stuff like that has maybe pushed the quality in a way where one of brothers don't really want to go now seeing the success of Batman and it's just like okay here's a more here's a bit more time and in my personal opinion uh I think that's the right right choice I don't mind the movie being delayed uh the worst thing you could do is bring out a movie and it sucks you know so yeah uh, I think this is um I think this is the right call um Shazam moving up I don't really care about Shazam to be honest with you neither so it's just another DC movie yeah Regarding the Batman spin-off shows, we've now got confirmation regarding what's happening with those. So the initial confirmed GCPD spin-off is no longer happening. That's now kind of evolved into the, it's basically now Arkham Haunted House story. So basically what would happen in Arkham, which I'm down for, to be honest with you. Yeah, that sounds good. I think that sounds a lot more appealing than a GCPD storyline uh, they did say that the gcpd storyline is you know something that they will look at again in the future but yeah this plus bit... that's like really similar to gotham which mm-hmm. we just had anyways yeah exactly so that i'm really excited about it's i mean this one has a lot more potential to be honest with you an arkham haunted house story yeah me too uh, i think has a lot more um potential and i think will give something more to the show i think it sits in with the theme and they did talk about arkham didn't they in in, in batman so the Waynes and Arkham's, I think that'll be quite interesting to see how that correlates to the movie. And then the Penguin, I know we've talked about this in various news kind of podcasts, but it's now finally been confirmed. So the Penguin, which is the working title, is confirmed and it's a limited series coming to HBO Max. And this is something that I'm really, really interested because this is supposed to be a direct sequel to the events of the Batman. No spoilers, we see how how it ends and it, it just leaves this, you know, hole that needs to be filled and controlled in in Gotham and from you know our understanding of how penguin rises and and becomes to comes to power this is something that's quite interesting to see so that when the next movies come along you know you don't really need to work on the narrative of what happened between the first and second with with this particular character you just you know you just continue the world the world building happens elsewhere and then when the sequel comes along you just continue with whatever's happened so which which is quite cool to be honest with you it's, it's an approach that i personally like at the moment i know warner brothers have tried to do that with with loki wonder vision and stuff like that so it just remains to be seen how um hbo pull it oh warner brothers um pull it off 
Um, okay, let's talk some trader reactions because these ones I think the ones that I'm really really excited for. Mio, yeah, yeah. the boys yeah. season yeah. three. That looks What's... fucking insane. Yeah, it looks like the boys. A lot of a lot of a lot of heads exploding, a lot of violence, a lot of arms being broken. Just when you see it all at once, it can be overwhelming. But you know, you know, the boys are gonna pace it out really well over ten episodes. But yeah, it looks it looks it looks like the boys. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. When does it come out? June the third, I think. So definitely watch party material. Super excited for it. I think they dropped three episodes and it's a weekly one one episode or okay. week, you know, I can't remember. I think, I think they dropped the first three and the next one's a single. Yeah. I forget what they did last time. It's been so it's been it's so, so long. So long. Yeah. When when did the season two come out? Twenty twenty? I think so. Yeah, it's been quite some time. It's been so long. But it's felt like three years. Yeah. But what I have noticed in season trailer and uh, the season, the trailer, sorry. I think they're all taking compound B, haven't they? Because it does, it does look like that. Because Butch is like shooting lasers out of his eye. Mm-hmm. It's just like everyone, yeah. And even the song that's playing is is, is talking about you know discovering something within. And uh, I think they've got, I think they're taking Compound V now to to match up against the uh, the soups. Uh, we did see like the Ca- Captain America. Uh, I'll just call him the Captain America spinoff. Yeah, <laughs> the Captain America what, character. I think they, they they look like they're taking the same storyline from Captain America where we think he's, he dies and then he comes back and stuff like that. So that looks pretty cool. But I am so hyped. There's, it, you're right. There seems to be so much going on. And um, I feel like there's... I, I, I don't know. I feel like this season is going to be absolutely mental. Yeah, that's what they've been saying. Like, we haven't seen anything yet. Because the, the graphic novels are fucking, like disgusting from what i've heard like they're gory they're over the top there are scenes in there that could never be translated over into uh, onto the onto the tv uh, otherwise it just it won't it won't be able to get its necessary rating so there's stuff in there that i'm just like i cannot wait to see but the fact that they're taking compound v now yeah that that's mega that's absolutely mm-hmm. mega and then you see i have a little sneak Sneaky feeling that even Huey takes it because he gets his arm broken. And I think he gets his arm broken to show that he's actually, I think he might have some regenerative powers or something. Cause that's why she snaps his arm. Doesn't she? What's the name? The, the Chinese one. She snaps his arm in the trailer. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? And I've watched the trailer <laughs> over and over. And I think he's taking compound V or he has compound V in this. I don't know, but it just seems absolutely mental, man. It looks fucking over the top. That drops June the further. And I can't wait for that um another trader obi-wan kenobi mio yep. you are the in-house star wars uh expert here take it away yeah this one looks really good too because it's got a lot of characters from star wars rebels that show up it's got like the inquisitors who are like who are essentially like jedi hunters where they they go around after order 66 they hunt jedi so in this trailer it looks like they're hunting obi-wan which is cool because we're gonna see hopefully we're gonna see obi-wan in a lot of action they've been teasing that you know obi-wan's gonna fight darth vader again i don't know how to feel about that because in episode four darth vader says when last we met you were the master and i was the apprentice i don't know how that's gonna work if they're gonna they're gonna fight again is he still the master i don't know but Looks looks it looks really good. 
it looks definitely better than Book of Boba Fett because that show was kind of disappointing. But, I got bored of that. I kind of just couldn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, you couldn't finish. You, you uh, should just honestly, you should just watch episode five and six. You yeah. can see what happened on the behind the scenes. Because episode five and six are just the Mandalorian, and you'll like those episodes a lot. But yeah, I'll probably just watch those two episodes then. But, the, but yeah, but this the show looks exciting. Um, I hope they don't spend too much time on Tatooine because mm-hmm. the way too many movie shows is spending too much time on that planet. Plus, we have Dune. And yeah. It's like we have too many desert planets. Can we go to like a beach planet or like a tropical for- planet or whatever? But overall. I'm really excited for this. I think it's one of my most anticipated shows of the year. I have, I have, a, I have a few questions. So where yeah, does this fall in my... terms of it, uh, its storyline within uh, the original? Yeah, yeah. I can trilogy. see why this is confusing, but it sets place 10 years after episode three. So like 10 years after episode three and this is probably when he defeats se- seven Darth, years. Darth Vader, no? Yeah, when he, yeah. Was, when he was still Anakin Skywalker. Oh, okay. Because... I think it might be worth giving the original trilogy a watch, no? Which original trilogy? The, the oh, which which one? The pre, the prequels? The the prequels? Yeah, mm. yeah, the ones that lead to the storyline. Maybe just episode three. You don't oh, need really? to watch episode one and two. Okay. Those are bad. Okay. Episode three is episode three is okay, yeah. but the one and two are bad. Yeah, because this looks it does look really good, but the thing is, I'm so out of date or out of tune with the law of that universe. I have no idea what's going on. It just looks absolutely fucking cool. And that's why I handed this part over to you. From a non-Star Wars fanatic like yourself, this I'd say this does look good. But my only concern is I hope it's... Well, it depends on the way you see it. Like Dune isn't the most accessible movie to people outside of the, the world of Dune, you know, but it mm-hmm. was good. So with this, there's a lot more though to... To the, I don't know, maybe the law of Star Wars is not as complicated as it really is. Um, question mark. It's pretty complicated. Yeah, it's so, pretty complicated. So, so, we'll so to how- like to fully get this, the to fully get what you want from the show, you had to watch episode three. You had to watch Clone Wars. You have to watch Rebels. But you could just watch episode three and get into it. But you won't yeah. get the nuances that you would get if you didn't watch like the shows. Yeah, that's something. That's something I really am gonna have to do. This still, this comes out May twenty fifth, so mm-hmm. plenty of time. Once I've submitted and everything, I think I'll. That's what I'll do. I think I'll probably watch episode three. Clone, you said Clone Wars. Yep, I love that show. The whole, the whole TV show or the movie. Uh the whole TV show. Oh, that's like how many seasons? It's like six, seven, six. Fuck. <laughs> you you uh, definitely you probably don't have to watch that, okay. but. It helps. Okay. Uh, but yeah, from what I've seen, it's I'm really excited about it. I think you're mo- more excited than I am. I think you know what's happening. And yeah, yeah, I can't wait. May 25th, another, another watch party uh, TV show. Uh, and just to wrap up these two pieces of news, uh, they're in here for particular reasons. First one up, 15, I think it's been 15 years, 15 years after the original, I Am Legend 2 is in the works. And yeah. it's with Will Smith and not Michael Jordan, but Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> it's, that still sticks in my head from um, from uh, Space Jam. That scene was absolutely fucking hilarious. Funny even, scene. Right? Even my brother fell for it. He thought Michael Jordan was going to be in it. Yeah. That scene is so good. Yeah. Uh, 
this is the this is my issue with cinema. Let it go. Let these movies go. We don't. I personally, I don't think this movie needs a sequel, Mia. Which one? Uh, I'm Legend Two. Oh yeah, definitely not because it's based on like a novel, and like it has like a good conclusive ending. He goes out, saves humanity essentially. But I'm not sure when this movie takes place. Is this a prequel or a sequel? Because Will sequel. Smith is definitely dead. Oh, let's find out. I'm double, double. Unless he's not really dead. <laughs> Come on. Uh, he, I... he charged him with a grenade. Oh. I'm just on. Yeah, because I could see it becoming like it doesn't explain the years between the start of the epidemic and yeah. where he is at that point. So I don't know. It could be like Michael B. Jordan is playing young Will Smith, which I don't know. I don't think that would work, but maybe flashbacks. With, I, I just don't understand how Will Smith's in the movie if it's not a prequel, you know? So, so this is what I'm reading now. I'll read this to you. Will Smith's past rejection of I Am Legend 2 makes his return for Michael B. Jordan's story idea even better. The studio has been wanting to make a sequel to I Am Legend ever since the original release, but Smith previously had no intention of coming back. He said in an interview, it was one of those ones I was going to leave alone, and then I heard the idea. Jordan was part of the pitch that finally changed Will Smith's mind, which speaks to the strength of the story concept if it was able to entice him to come back after 15 years, Smith's return for Iron Legend 2 shows more... Okay. Uh, I think it's a sequel. Yeah. Hollywood. Okay. It's a sequel. So, so we're probably going to get like flashback scenes then. Potentially. Yeah. I think, I think that's what might... Yeah, because he dies. He just... You see him go face to face with that fucking zombie at the end behind the glass and he just blows himself up when they're smashing mm-hmm. the glass. Unless there was a different cut that I missed. I don't know. Um, yeah. So to be honest... I really enjoyed I Am Legends. I thought that was, I thought that was a great movie. I know it's it has its ups and downs, but I I, I really enjoyed it at the time. I haven't seen it since. Uh, for well, I haven't seen it for a very very long time. I have to say, I think once it yeah, came out, fifteen years. Yeah, I've probably the last time I, I did watch it a few times, but it hasn't been in the last five years to be honest with you. So, yeah, my, and Michael B. Jordan returning. You're right. It could be. I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but it is confirmed a sequel. So it's quite weird how, how that's happening. And then finally, uh, the reason I've put this piece of news in there, because I think this links with what The Rock was saying. Remember a few days back or a few weeks back, The Rock said that he's going to be in this new video game adaption. And we thought maybe Gears of War, but I think it's going to be God of War. I think God of War live action series, which is confirmed. That could work, yeah. I could kind of see it, but I don't know. I don't want Kratos acting like The Rock, because The Rock all movies he he's in it he's just, he's just playing the back i'm just trying to figure out if this is going to be on yeah it's on amazon so amazon and this is another reason why i included it amazon just seemed to be up in their their game haven't they they've yeah, got they lord of the rings they have a lot of money to spend god of war do they have the last of us i think that's hbo max yeah that is hbo max yeah so they they do have a lot of money to spend and yeah, it's just I don't know. I I think you know I like to shit on the rock, right? He just seems to be everywhere. He seems to be playing himself. But this might be one that he actually suits. I don't know. I can't I can't think of anybody else. I think Will Smith. 
Will Smith as Kratos. What do you think? Will Smith as Kratos? I don't know. He's too nice to be Kratos. He's too nice, yeah. Kratos the is thing, kind of a dick. Yeah, the thing is, I can't think of anybody else. I really can't. Yeah, Abdul Mateen. Oh, we're not going to say that. <laughs> uh, I can see it. He's got he's got beer now. Come on, he looks like Kratos. Let me see, let me see what we've got here. Uh, casting. Let's see if we've got any ideas. Five actors who could play Kratos. Okay. Let's go. Oh, okay. Okay. Jason Momoa. I can see it. Yeah. Uh, Dave uh, Batista. I can see it. Yeah. Gerald Butler. Yeah, I can see that. Bro, this list that's, is that's a little on the nose with the 300 thing. Come this on. list is pretty good, though, I'd say. Tom Hardy. He's too short. Uh, okay. Well, our final one, uh, Travis Fimmel. I can uh, see it. Yeah. These are not too bad, you know, this list. Okay. This is a nice list I've come, come across. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much all the news this week. Uh, there was a few other pieces which I did think were justified to make the, the list. We obviously had uh, Florence Pugh might be, uh, you know, making an appearance in Dune 2. I don't know too much of the Dune uh, universe to question which character she's going to be. So I left that one out. And pretty much that's about it this week, to be honest. I don't know if there was anything else you wanted to, to plug in or mention or anything that you have plan this week uh no i think we covered everything fantastic so let's get out of here i'm gonna enjoy my vinyl i definitely want to pop down to the local comic store soon i think you've just really enticed me to you had to there's no other i'm about to go back there's no greater feeling than that I pick up say. some more batman comics maybe maybe quarter of Owls, maybe ego we'll see yeah i'm glad to do the same i think i might go this week or next week i want to pick up the long halloween and then quarter vowels. You know, there's no better feeling than popping into a local comic store, having a browse, and then leaving with a graphic novel comic. Like, I love that feeling. I haven't done it for so long because comic book stores here are just so fucking expensive. Like, I could just Amazon Prime. Expensive. Yeah, I could Amazon Prime it and save You like, gotta support the local. You can't give yeah. Amazon more money to make shit shows. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a good point. I think. You're right. Support the locals and ex- and enjoy the experience. Um, yeah, let's get out of here. Thanks for joining us this week for episode 101 of the Multiverse podcast. For the latest news and updates, keep it locked to our Instagram page, as always, at themultiverse.ig. Be sure to, to subscribe to the Multiverse podcast on iTunes or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And once again, thank you for your time. Have a great week, and we hope to catch you on our next episode. Peace. Peace.